Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. Wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment Youngest is confident, but can't handle what we coming with Others in love with the drug and this family is running it Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it Alright, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because... Between NBA news and like the craziest day in college basketball ever, uh, we're gonna have segments for th- where we do a little bench mob and a little at large bid today, um, just because you never ha- it's you never have a day where the first top six teams in the poll lose in the same day, and then you also have everything going on in the league. So it's gonna be a goofy episode, but we're gonna knock it out. We're gonna start here. It's me, Tim Daniel, with Sean Mackey as always, and Sean. Let's just get right into the news here and talk about a few things. And we got to start with uh, James Harden has now played his first two games as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers and had looked incredible. Um, We know that I am not one who's been very pro James Harden in the past. Um, But what he's been able to do these first two games, had a triple-double today against the Knicks and the other night with the Timberwolves, um, you had a really good showing. Uh, you can see that him and Joel Embiid are already developing a really impressive chemistry as a team, as a group. I mean, obviously, they're two of the 10 best players in the world. Um, but, you know, seeing how this could play out, seeing how this could work certainly makes them scary. Then you add Tyrese Maxey into what he's doing. Uh, this Sixers team, um, it's kind of crazy when, you know, your best three players actually play. And we're seeing what's going on, what's happening with that so far. Yeah, James Harden is... Uh, <laughs> He always does this thing where anytime he gets traded, he has to go out and and make a big show, which was obviously once again the case this week when he uh, he showed up with played on the same team as the possible MVP, Joel Embiid. Um, <laughs> um, a couple years ago, well, a year ago, when, uh, when James Harden was to the Knicks, dropped uh, thirty two points, fourteen assists, and twelve rebounds. Um, <laughs> uh, last night or, or the first game he played against the Timberwolves with the, the 76ers, he dropped 27 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists in the next game against the Knicks, just really gave it to the Knicks, 29 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 16 assists and five steals, which is just yeah. absolutely unreal right now. I mean, even looking back, um, uh, when he was traded from from the Thunder to the Rockets, he dropped um, here on his first game there. He ended up dropping thirty seven points, twelve assists, six rebounds, four steals, block. So every time he's been traded, he has went out and put on a gigantic show. Um, here's the thing: so the Philadelphia 76ers had Ben Simmons not playing the entire year, so he was offering them absolutely nothing, um, right? They got a, a past MVP for a player that wasn't going to play with them. So anybody, you know, I don't know how many people are out there going, oh, you know, I should have held out or whatever. Um, this was a huge move uh, for Daryl Morey. And um, putting, putting, I believe putting Harden on this team at this point, um, even with, you know, the trade of, of Seth Curry and everything, I think this might make them front runners right now for the NBA title. What do you think? I'm not going to go there. They're yet. definitely up there. Okay. They're they're would, definitely up there. I I really you, like would, them a lot. Would you would you say top two or top three? Top two. Um, I still okay. really like Milwaukee. Okay, top. Are we talking in the conference or the or the whole league in general? We're talking conference. Okay, top two in the conference because I still really like Milwaukee and those guys have played together. They haven't had any of this like change of chemistry where they're bringing guys in, throwing guys out. They haven't had a ton of drama. Um, you know, besides Grayson Allen just being a dick. Um. But yeah, so you know, Pat Conson's out for them, but they still have the majority of their core together. So I really like the Bucks a lot. You know, obviously when you have Giannis, you have a chance. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really impressed with this team. You saw it today, like you mentioned that the game Harden had the triple double um in the garden, which is always a fun place to, you know to play for those guys. And you know, Joel Embiid on top of that had 37 points and nine rebounds. So yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, they didn't get a whole lot from their defense. I mean, from their bench. Um, also forgot that Willie Colley Stein playing is playing for the Sixers. That's weird. 
I also forgot about that. When did that happen? Like, must have been fairly recent. Okay, okay, that one slipped over my under my radar. I, I didn't, I didn't even know he was in, still in the league. To be completely honest with you, I always liked Willie Colley Stein. Yeah, well, since you like the Sixers a little bit, now you can like him more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like this team a lot, and I think when you look at uh, the East, particularly how it's just basically like, you know, this insane gauntlet, um, one through, you know, really one through eight. Um, as far as uh, the the standings, you know, because Brooklyn's eight with everything they've been going through, um, you know, of those top eight teams, the, you know, the weakest is probably Toronto, and they're still pretty good. So it's yep. definitely going to be interesting. Now, at this point, you, you mentioned uh, the Nets. You said they're at seventh in the standings or eighth in the standings. Eighth in the standings. They're thirty-two okay. and twenty-nine. Okay, so so. With that being said, and we'll get into Kyrie in a little bit, but would you put them in the top three or no? No. Nope. You're still not going with it. Okay. Okay. No, it's just, you know, like obviously anytime you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you feel pretty good about it. But we really still have no freaking clue what Ben Simmons is at this point. Because everyone's like, the idea of Ben Simmons makes a ton of sense for the Nets. But, you know. The idea of Russell Westbrook, no, no, that didn't make sense for LeBron. Um, the idea of Isaiah Thomas made sense for LeBron in Cleveland. The idea of him, yes. but you know, obviously, we know how that sure. went. Sure. So it's just hard to kind of see, like you know, we, we whatever they get from him is really going to kind of be the deciding factor. But you know, do I think that they're certainly going to be the team that comes out of the play-in? Absolutely. Um, you got to trust them a lot more than you trust Toronto, Charlotte, and Atlanta, obviously. Uh, but I don't know if I like them better than I like the way the Celtics are playing lately. The Celtics have been awesome. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, yeah. I definitely like them more than the Cavaliers, but I would not be shocked if the Cavaliers just gave them fits and gave them a run for their money. If that ended up being a matchup. Um, I don't like them more than I like the bulls. I know the bulls lost last night, but uh, I still really like that team when they're all healthy. So yeah, I think it's just kind of, um, they're difficult. Would it shock me if they won the East? No. Um, but it feels like last year's Laker team where it was like they had to play in the play in and just, you know, things just didn't go their way. They had too many injuries and feels like it could be a similar story with them. Yeah. And, and their, their depth is also a, a huge issue as well in my mind. Yeah. So uh, I'm not, um, even, even yeah, Andre taking... Drummond stinks now. <laughs> he, he stinks. <laughs> I don't know, have you like yeah. watched him like since like no. basically since he became was I a Laker since he left Cleveland he stunk. Yeah, I I uh, I'll be honest with you, I I haven't watched a whole lot of um whole lot of Andre Drummond this season. So, um, but yeah, I was kind of out on him after the Lakers season because we thought that he was going to be oh man this is going to be good man he's going to slip right in there and and I think it really I think that he did play pretty very, well last night, but that well that very very short stint that he had with the Lakers. I feel like that really, really, it would have probably been better for him just to set out the rest of the season than sign with him yeah. in all honesty in terms of his value, because I feel like it, everybody was out on his value after, after that small stint there with the Lakers, but they can make anyone look bad these days. Yeah. I also love that for every team he's played for. So was it like he wore zero in Detroit mm-hmm. wore three in Cleveland wore two in LA and he's wearing one now. So he's worn zero, one, two, three. If you look at his basketball reference page, I didn't know that. That's a fun fact. Thanks for yeah. Kind of like Dennis Rodman's ninety-one, adding to ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, and then seventy-three fun. with the Lakers. That like short time he was there. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. always adds to ten with him. So you know, I I uh, I get it. But yeah, um, I am. I think I think going back to James Harden, I feel like James Harden has his. Uh, I think he has invigorated the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like Joel Embiid finally has a running mate this year who actually yeah. appears. James Harden's always kind of wishy-washy, but like, I feel like he has something to prove this year. And also him going to Philly, you know, if he, you know, say he ends up in the NBA finals this year, let's say he wins an NBA title this year. I mean, how bad is that going to make the Nets organization look? Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Um, Well, we had a couple Nets topics that we were going to get into today, so I guess we can just kind of go for them back-to-back. Might as well. 
And obviously the first one, the big news of the day is obviously that um, I got the quote up here. I'm going to pull it right back up real fast from uh, the New York city mayor um, saying that. So Eric Adams, New York city mayor says, if we see no surprises this week, New York will remove the vaccination requirements for key to NYC on March 7th, which means Kyrie Irving will be able to play home games at the Barclays center again. And you and I have talked a lot about this and just the indecency of a human being that Kyrie Irving has been throughout the yep. process, just trying yep. to be controversial and attention seeking. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people don't see it that way. And I know a lot of people don't love that. I said that, but let's call it what it is. Um, so look, the nets are getting closer to full strength. They're going to have Kyrie Irving for home games. Now it never, I don't know, like, you know, they gave into them. Um, with the whole, like, we'll let him play road games, be a part-time player thing. And we talked about that already, how much I hated that. Um, yeah. It's basically because, you know, the reports kind of say it's basically because of him. There's a lot of reports out there that James Harden left and didn't want to play her anymore because he was frustrated with his bullshit, basically. Oh, um, so, so, he, so, so there's talks that he was kind of blaming Kyrie for just yeah the, the drama in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Those three literally played 16 games together. Isn't that kind of yeah. wild? Yeah it, yeah. it doesn't shock me. NBA moves so fast. <laughs> but like Kyrie Irving went from the guy that was like, I'm going to leave LeBron. I don't want to play with LeBron. And now he's the guy that people are like, I don't want to play with you, man. I'm like, no. Yeah. 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 Kind of crazy. I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Also, I'm really getting annoyed by people who are saying Kyrie Irving should be on the NBA 75 list. No, 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 no. There are so many other players that should have been on there that weren't Kyrie. I mean, I'm going to put Dwight Howard on there. Right. Um, immediately. Like, I feel like he was the most <coughs> left out, but Kyrie Irving does not belong on there at all, man. No. If you take no. the shot away, he's just another really good point guard. He's, he, You know what? Why don't we put Robert Ory on there too? Let's just do it. Right. You know, yeah. like. Like, I, I mean, honestly, it's like, I feel like I, and, and I'm completely honest about this. And I truly believe this. I feel like Robert Ori was a bigger piece to all of his championship teams than Kyrie has been to all of his teams combined. I mean, he won, you know, he won the one championship with, with the Cavs and the year, the one year before it, where he ended up getting hurt and everything. Um, I get it. But like, yeah. I don't think he's, I mean, he's, he's obviously a multi-time all-star and, and probably one of the best finishers, one of the best ball handlers I've ever seen, but you know, it's like, yeah, talent wise. Sure. I mean, absolutely. He's talent wise. He's incredible, but yeah, it's just like, if you like the, as far as his legacy, if you take away the fact he made the shot in the 2016 finals, like the best he did was played in one game of the finals where he got hurt, which it sucked. He got hurt obviously. And so I'm not saying that, but like in Boston, they make it to the second round and they lose to Milwaukee. That second, his second, his second is last year. There first year he gets hurt really early in the playoffs. Remember he doesn't even play the Brooklyn sees the Brooklyn, the first year he doesn't play in the, in the, um, in the playoffs because he doesn't go to the bubble. And then last year he's hurt pretty early. So the best he's best he's done by himself without LeBron James is he played in the second round. Yeah, like I didn't get injuries suck. Injuries take a lot away from that, but yeah, I just I can't put him on there, especially like like I said, Dwight Howard. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's no. I I I don't I don't understand who who's arguing this. Where did you read this? A lot of people. Like it's all over the like. Show Andre Iguodala. Where where are these people? I want to talk to him. (laughs) Andre Iguodala is even trying to make the case that he should be top seventy-five. I'm like. I understand Hoopers love Kyrie and people love his game. And like, I, I get it. His game's yeah. a blast, but no, like his legacy is not that. And you know, like when people are like bitching about like Carmelo Anthony and I'm like, Carmelo Anthony at least won a scoring title. Like Carmelo Anthony was a major all-star, like came in like one of the greatest draft classes of all time. Like, yes, he should also you know. m- most decorated Olympian basketball player of all time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, you know, Carmelo has a leg to stand on with all of that in in my book. Like he is, uh, he's had a great NBA career. He's never won the title, but he's he's had a a great great NBA career, and it's it's been better than Kyrie's. It's not even close. So 
Yeah. Let's also remember that Dolph Shays made this list. Can we just kind of go back to the fact that Dolph Shays is on the list? Hey, man. Still better than Kyrie, right? No. What, you don't think so? No. Okay. I mean, Bob Cousy never... Like, Bob Cousy never shot over 40% in his season, ever, and he made the list, so... Yeah, but he was more of a legacy guy who, you know, helped the league get out on this thing. I mean, let's see here. So, so <laughs> Dolph Shays, NBA champion, 12-time All-Star, NBA rebounding reader, leader in 1951. He was the rookie of the year. He was a coach of the year at one point. He was uh-huh. All-NBA six times, All-NBA second team six six times as well so i mean i'll i'll give him he's got he's got some credentials there tim he's got some credentials i'm not i'm not buying it but <laughs> that's that's a story for another episode maybe within like 25 got, years tim's got to run over here a guy again. tim's got to run over a guy who's been dead for seven years in his legacy <laughs> Maybe in 25 years from we're sitting here doing the all 100 and we're bitching about the fact that like Dolph Shays uh, will be off of the 100. There's no way he's on the next one. He's, he was on the 50. He he made it by this much. He made it by this much. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the other news now is that this trade and everything that happened with Ben Simmons and James Harden. Uh, ben Simmons is still not playing. And then Shams has a tweet today that says that he is dealing with lower back tightness as he is trying to get back in shape to play. And I'm just at the point where I don't care anymore. Brooklyn it says here, Brooklyn has no set timetable for Simmons return. It's uncertain whether the three-time All-Star will be cleared, will be, will clear necessary return to play hurdles for Nets March 10 return trip to Philadelphia. But the team is treating it as a day-to-day process. He's going to play the day after Philly, isn't he? He's going to be that guy. I don't know if he wants to show his face in Philly again. No, I don't think he I does either. Yeah, he's going to get booed so hard, man. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that would probably really motivate me, but I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of mental state Ben Simmons is in right now. I mean, right. I, he could be really, really fragile right now. He could come out of the gates and be the best player in the NBA. I don't know. Where Your guess is as good as mine. I'm guessing not. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, – but, you know – and I saw this on, you know, floating around on Twitter quite a bit over the last couple of days, but it, it is kind of a funny point. It was like, we had all these guys at the beginning of the season, all these old timers that got brought back into the league on like a day's notice, you know, it was like Joe Johnson's going to play with the Celtics tonight. Right. You know, and he's been cleared and it's like, how was Joe Johnson <laughs> cleared to play with the Celtics when like Ben Simmons is like, I haven't played in, you know, about a year and you know, my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing to me. I mean, like Joe Johnson's like 40. (laughs) Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, Yeah, man, it's just kind of just so weird with it. Like at this point, he has to know, like everyone's just kind of sick of shit. And I'm not sitting here to say like he didn't have like mental issues or by any means. I would never, ever, ever go that far. But it seemed weird how he was like really acting about everything. And, you know, Joel like trying to offer like his hand and stuff like that and, and not going anywhere. Well, I mean, you know, you don't know how everybody reacts to criticism differently. And right. I don't think that he handled it as well as some other players have over the years. Um, I've never seen a whole, I've, you know, when, when a, you get thrown under the bus by your coach, which yeah. is bad, which is really, really shit bad. Move. It, shit well, move. it shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. He should have had his back regardless if he thought that he was the worst person on the planet. Um, he should have had his back. Joel Embiid, throw, the biggest player on the team, also throwing him under the bus. You know, that would be that would be pretty hard, you know, to be able to come back from that and uh, just feeling like nobody really has your back when you have came out and played hard and you made – one pretty big mistake in a really big game, you know? So it's, uh, you know, I feel like he's kind of gotten the same, he's kind of gotten like the same sort of shaft that the, the guy did who caught the, the Cubs baseball, you know, 15 years ago. Oh, good old Steve Bartman. Good old Steve Bartman. Yeah. So I feel like he's gotten, gotten the same treatment. So I'm with you. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. It's just kind of just, you know, 
obviously I want to see Ben Simmons play. I want to see him be healthy. Uh, I want to see how this works because the, like I said, the idea of those three together sounds awesome as far as mm-hmm. Kyrie's defensive limitations. And I think Kyrie plays hard on defense. I just don't think he has the skill set necessarily, you know, like I don't think he's like DeMar DeRozan where he gets lost on defense all the time, but I still think that like, you know, he tries on defense most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like Harden, like you can see in those like last few, like Brooklyn games with Harden. He was like, Fuck it, just go right by me. I don't care. Like, fine, yeah. Well, he checks out a lot. You know, if things are going play, he does. He's just like, I don't care. What's the matter? I gave yeah. him thirty. I gave him thirty-five tonight. What? What else you want from me? Yeah, it is. You're right. Um, so I guess we'll talk about one more shitty situation before we get into a good one to end the show. Uh, but we'll end this segment. Such a weird segment. But did you? I'm sure you kind of saw it. It was floating around the internet quite a bit. But, um. CJ McCollum, obviously, no, got traded to New Orleans. Yeah. And he was asked about Zion and said he had not spoken with Zion since he had been traded. And this is like after the All-Star breaks. So this is a couple weeks. Yeah. And he said, but I've spoken with people who are close with him. So that leads to JJ Redick coming out and just yeah. like destroying Zion, which deservedly so. Um, this is no like pitter patty party for Zion Williamson. I uh, talked about how he's like, look, he's like, I was his teammate. Uh, would I say he was a distant teammate at times? Sure. Like, you know, it's just common, like, knowledge and, like, common, like, decency to as a teammate to when someone gets traded to shoot them a text or get them a phone call and talk to them. And then shortly after that, it comes out that Zion and CJ have talked. But there is the thing where the New Orleans Pelicans also sent out the, tic- the like, emails for season tickets next year. And they were like, we're so excited about this future with Devontae Graham and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. Not and no mention named, of Zion. Well, I mean, name Zion Williamson. So, so, which is mysterious to me. Very yeah. mysterious. Uh, we've seen, and, and I'm not, I'm not dogging on, on Zion, but I'm going to dog on Zion. We've seen the commercial that aired at the beginning of the season with him. I think it was it a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, him and Levine when they're playing. Him 2K. and Levine, and um, I don't know if it was the angle or what, but he looks like he was in really not basketball shape. Should I say? If I'm being sure. if I'm being really nice, um, there were rumors that were floating around that he was over 300 at some points. Um, he said chronic foot problems. They've been so vague about, you know, how many, sur- you know, he might need another surgery and that surgery may need another surgery. And just, it's just been nuts. I mean, and I've said this to you in private texts before, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we never sold Zion again, to be completely honest with you. Like, I'm serious. Like, I know, I know you're like, oh no, he'll come back and whatever. If you are going to bet right now, if like you had to put money on it, How many more NBA games do you see in Zion's future? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, he's already only played like a hundred. You know what I mean? So, well, that's what I'm saying. So, and what? And he got drafted <clears throat> what two years ago? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is like you know, they've like played okay lately without yeah. him. Um, yeah, yep. they got you know they got that one over Phoenix on Friday. They play the Lakers tonight. They'll probably win that game. Um, because Anthony Davis is out. And so, you know, you have to kind of feel like this, maybe they don't need him. I no, mean, no, the I, ceiling, I, I, the ceiling of them is yes. Like you have him, your ceiling raises. Sure. But with Brandon wait, Ingram, but, McCollum. So to answer your question, I don't know if I necessarily have a number I can like feel confident in saying, um, but would I be shocked if he's playing for the Shanghai Sharks in a couple of years? No. Okay. Okay. I I'm willing to bet just just by how weird this situation has been and I don't know, I just feel like I've seen this happen. I've seen this story before with some other players, you know, that were overhyped. Zion's a big dude. He's one of the most athletic sm- uh, small power forwards that I've ever seen um yeah. in college basketball. He's He's so dominant, so fun to watch. You know, I, I, I'm saying this like I, I love watching him play. I think he is. I do too. He, he is so fun. He's a fun prospect. Um, but if I were a betting man right now, 
I would say he plays less than 100 more games for the rest of his career. I'm throwing it he out need, there. I'm throwing it out there. He needs a Moses Malone. You know, like, there's always a story with Barkley and Moses when, like, he was like, why am I not playing? And Moses was like, because you're fat. Yeah, and and well, and and that's and and that that is such a big problem for these teams that just like trade all of their assets for just young players. You have no veteran presence on that team, and if you don't, not not just veteran presence, but like a guy who's been there before, like just right. a, a guy, you know, somebody who has NBA champion experience or you know former All Star experience, things like that. When you take all of those players away and you just ship it out for youth. You know, it's it can be a dangerous situation, and you know, I don't know, um, I don't know anything about how Zion is right now. You know, if he's gonna if no he's gonna does. play, but so it's been really, really mysterious. And I don't know, man. I'm I'm just I'm just not feeling confident. There's people yeah, on, on podcasts talking about, oh, you know, he may ask out. Who's gonna want him? I think someone will take a chance on Zion Williamson. I mean, I mean, sure, sure, but what kind of assets are you going to give up for a guy like Zion? That's Such a the question thing. mark. Such a question mark. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it was like when you know Demarcus Cousins ended up, you know, getting traded originally. It was like, you know, he was kind of a question mark. You know, so and he's really never quite been the same since he was traded. Man, he was so good though. Like when I forgot hurt in New Orleans, that like yeah, that was yeah, they was. were awesome. Like he they was, were so he good. Was. He was, he was, he was. I agree with you. I wish that God, I wish it just he's one of those like man, if he had he's definitely one of those if he had just not gotten injured kind of guys. Cause you yeah. know, he cares. Like he like was you know Yeah. He, he works hard and like kind of kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. Um I don't know, man. It's just kind of with Zion, it's kind of frustrating and you know, I thought the Knicks were going to be a, like a thing that made a ton of sense because, you know, he so badly wanted to play there and RJ and Cam Reddish are there. But Tibbs traded for Cam Reddish and never plays them. So I don't know how that's looking for that for them in the future. But I guess we will see. So Tibbs since is we've ten- at the end of the year, man. Tibbs is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's Co- gone. Shout out to Ben. Ben called it. Remember yeah. that when we did at the beginning of the season? He's like, what team's yeah. not going to live up the expectation? He said the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. And then gonna... he also picked the Warriors to win the title, and he might be right there as well. They got to have Draymond, though. They got to have Draymond. Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. the biggest thing for them. So, all right, let's talk about some fun. Let's talk about something fun before we get out of here because I feel like everything's been a damper so far. <laughs> it's just because it's just been your attitude, Tim. God, lighten up. <laughs> well, I think we could spend the 20 minutes on the LeBron, Rich Paul, Genie bus meeting, but everyone's no, going to, no, yeah, no, no. we're good. Even, we're good. We did it. We've done that all year. Yep. Yeah. So Synergy Sports has put out some statistics. Obviously they're a wonderful place of the best isolation, the best scores, the best go-to scores in the NBA this year. Okay. I'll give you one guess. Who is the number one go-to score in the NBA this season? DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. Yep. So, obviously, last night, his 35-point streak ended, and the Lakers lost to Memphis. I mean, the Bulls lost to Memphis. He had 30 still, which yeah. is, like, still a cool streak. Uh, just not as cool, obviously. So, these are per Synergy Sports. DeMar DeRozan's points per 100 possessions, 113.3. 17.2% of his possessions are in isolation on 241 possessions, an effective field goal percentage of 51.5%, only a 5.4 turnover percentage, and is going to the free throw line at a 20.3 rate. So wow. we've talked all year, obviously, as Bulls fans and NBA fans, just about this amazing year he's had and how fun he's been and how you know, we definitely feel like he needs to be in the MVP conversation. I don't certainly think he would jump Embiid or Jokic or Giannis right now, but... I certainly think he should be the fourth guy in that conversation. Yeah. Um, it feels, you know, like Paul George a couple years ago, his last year in OKC, where it was like, okay, he's not going to win it, but he certainly needs to have be in the conversation, have a discussion. Um, he's just been like, you know, obviously there's, we could say so much about him. And the fact that you've gotten to know him a lot more too has been so fun because he's doing all these podcasts. He's going to be on sneaker shopping the complex YouTube show soon. Yeah. Yeah. So probably talking about his insane Kobe collection that he has like so many rarities that no one else has. And 
he's just so fun and like watching him on a nightly basis. Like I always appreciated his game. Um, I definitely was one of the guys I was like, well, if he started shooting threes and now he's like, no, I stay true to myself. And the game came back to me kind of mm-hmm. thing, which I really love. Um, you know, obviously we knew how good he was, but watching him as bulls fans, seeing him play yeah. for our team, has just changed it so much, obviously. Yeah. And you know, I, here's the thing. So, Let's say, I, like, I, I, I don't have any high hopes that the Chicago Bulls are going to retake the number one seed by the end of this season just because of the injuries that have, that have you know, yeah, plagued them over and over again, losing Pat Williams for the entire season and then not having their two best defensive players at all. I mean, they're, it's, it's, it's killing them. It is absolutely killing them. And they also, there was a stat going around last night that they're, you know, they can't beat any teams that are over 500 right now. So it's like you're not beating any really any real big winning teams. However, you're you're beating the the poor teams. Now, they had a really easy schedule early on in the season. And now these next, like, 8 to 10 games are brutal for them. They're going to be absolutely brutal. And they lost a really tough game to Memphis after fighting their way back yesterday. If DeMar DeRozan continued let's say he just he restarts this streak and he starts you know averaging 35 again and shooting 40 50 percent you know and they do end up getting the number one seed would it be preposterous to to put him you know one or two in that that category because i feel like the east is it's it's fucking brutal this year man it's a it's a meat grinder realistically no um but you know how this goes with with like media narratives like you know so they're going to talk a lot about Joel Embiid carried the Sixers without Ben Simmons. And then they got James Harden and I totally agree. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm, I'm fighting that case. DeMar DeRozan and the bulls have gotten to combine combined between the two eight total games since Christmas of Lonzo ball and Alex Caruso. Yeah, that's it. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about that, it's like, you know they've and they've they've made do with a lot of guys. Um, yeah. You know, um, Javante Green's I, been really fun. Javante really Green, one of the the more one of the best values right now in the NBA has been. Javante I love his nickname. Green. His nickname is Woo. Woo. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard yeah. Woo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I must have missed that one. But um, between him and and Io having a an amazing rookie season, way yeah. better than we expected, and and Kobe, you know, coming off the bench and providing decent minutes, you know, now you got Tristan a really good Thompson? team. Tristan Thompson coming in, providing a a solid backup right now to get some boards, get some dunks, you know, stuff like that. Defensive presence, you know, on the inside, you got a little bit of everything. But without Lonzo Ball, without Alex Caruso, your, your defensive rating just plummets on that team. And it has, it's been, it's been awful. And their, their next 10 games are just, they're going to be brutal. I still feel really confident in the bulls. Okay. Uh, I know Zach, Zach Lowe was just on Simmons pod the other day and talked about, he doesn't think they can win the title. And it's like, I mean, we've seen when healthy, when everyone's together, when everyone's together, this team's really freaking good. Now, look, I get it. They don't have Durant. They don't have MB. They don't have James Harden. They don't have Giannis. Sure. Yeah. But, like, talent-wise, I feel like they can really hang with anybody. Yeah, um, they can. And they can hang like with anybody. You, like you said, like, you know, Pat Williams has just been cleared to shoot. So, that's good news. Um, you know, Lonzo Ball, I think they said, ramping up his basketball activity. Alex Caruso, they said he's ramping up activities. So if they can get these guys back a couple weeks before the playoffs and get them in a little bit of rhythm, awesome. Um, is that likely? I don't know. But I think the Bulls are going to become a really attractive place for guys like the role players who want to play for the, like a shot at being on a really good team in the future. Um, even with the, you know, Levine's going to sign back. I, I'm fully confident Zach Levine will be a Bull next year. I hope so. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see a case where they where he walks. It's going to take a lot. Um, yeah, because you know they brought these guys in for him. You know, like yeah, yeah. and he's absolutely loved that Demar's become the guy. You know, he's not like upset yeah, about he's, it. He's like he's been, cool. He's he has been an an outstanding teammate this year, just an outstanding. But I mean, looking at like their next couple games, they're playing the Heat uh, tomorrow in mm-hmm. Miami. Then they visit the Hawks, who they barely beat the other night. 
Um, and then they go visit, and then they're back home against the Bucks. And the next game is the Sixers, and they've never beat Joel Embiid. Um, Such a weird stat. It is. It's it's scary. I mean, let's just go. I, like I'm already gonna go ahead and chalk that one off. Um, they play the Pistons. They might be able to rack up a win there. Cavaliers and Bulls. That's a tough matchup. Kings uh, ramping up. And you got the Jazz and then the Suns. I mean, these are. <laughs> then you go to the Raptors. And then the Bucks, Pelicans, Cavaliers. This is a tough schedule over these next couple weeks. I mean, that's going all the way to the end of March, man. And it's, you know, you're going into April towards the end here. Their last uh, six games, it's uh, Clippers, Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Hornets, and then Wolves. And the Wolves aren't aren't like a slouchy team right now either. So it's like nor the Hornets. The, neither are the Hornets. Yeah, these are all these are all mid tier teams. We're not just playing uh, the Thunder every week right now. So it this is yeah. this is going to be crunch time. They have probably one of the toughest ending schedules. And you know when the dust settles, you know it might be a they might be a four or five seed. I mean everybody is so close right now in the standings. You know I'm hoping they don't drop that far, but they very well could. As a Bulls fan. I really love like that the fact that we're having this conversation as an NBA fan who's just someone who really appreciates and loves basketball. I would absolutely love a Bulls Cavs four five series. Yeah. It'd be so fun because Dude. both teams are so enjoyable. But very, very, you know, very close. Yeah. I mean then the standings are kind of there. You know, the Cavs are without Rondo now. So how, I don't know how that's going to, you know, how much that's going to hurt them, if at all. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just kind of yeah. a lot of fun. Obviously, the East is a blast. I'm I'm still pretty confident. I like, you know, I'd like the things they've done. Um, I really feel like Billy Donovan should be in consideration for coach of the year. I think he's just been done tremendous with all the ins and outs he's had with all the injuries and be able to keep them afloat. So, yeah, man, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but I think we got everything out that we needed to for our end. Um very excited to see you on Tuesday. Very excited. Yes. To go, Happy go Batman, the Batman. I know. Yeah. Can't wait. Sean and I got the, the hookup to go to the uh, fan first show showing. So we'll be yeah. there and we're going to be, we're going to be, da- we're going to be dancing into that theater party man by Prince. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Party man, baby. Yeah. Well, awesome. Sean. Thanks, man. I know this is a little bit of a goofier episode, but well, when we come back, we'll be talking with Taylor Bergfeld. We'll do a little at-large bid because we had the craziest day in college basketball maybe ever. So we'll be back. All right, so yesterday, we, we, we normally don't do this when we do a combined episode of the shows, obviously, but... Yesterday was the most insane day in college basketball history. And that's not an exaggeration. That's literal. Um, where the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, and ninth teams all lost in the same day. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the fifth team played the 10th ranked team. So, you know, someone had to lose that game. But it never had happened before in NCAA history where the top six teams in the country all lost in the same day. And Taylor, it started with Michigan state Purdue on a buzzer beater where Jaden Ivy did not play very well. Um, I was actually really shocked how bad he played. Yeah, that was, it was a weird game. Purdue big 10 refs have, have, have had a like rough stretch here um, recently with some yeah. of the officiating has been really bad. Um, Zach, he was getting called for things that were, I mean, he's just seven foot six. I don't really know how, how you're supposed to officiate that, but he's touching somebody and they're calling a foul. It's like, yeah, man, he's a monster. Like he's just a lot bigger than people, but that game was weird. Um, College basketball fishing in general stinks out loud. Trash, just so we're clear. Trash, dude. Um, but yeah, Tyson Walker, big shot for Michigan State. Michigan State needed that. They've lost four or five coming into that game. Um, a couple weeks ago, they were ranked like 11th or 14th, mm-hmm. 15th. They were middle of the pack. Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah, after they beat Maryland, they were like up pretty high. Yeah, they... And this is kind of a little bit of off tangent take with that. The March or the January, February Izzo thing that always drives me nuts because, like, yeah, his teams get better throughout the year and they peak, but last couple of years, man, they have really like plummeted. Like, think about it last year, they lost as an 11 seed in the um, in the first yeah. four to UCLA after winning most of that game. Now, two year in 2019, they went to the final four. Um, they beat Zion and Duke. People, that's a great game, but 
he has a middle Tennessee upset. He has a couple losses early in the tournament that um, Miles Bridges was an eight seed, lost to Kansas as a one seed. Um, you know, that was, but sorry, that's a little bit of another take. But yeah, Michigan State had to win that game. Um, that definitely solidifies them in the tournament. They were never really in question to not make the tournament or anything, but improves the seed line, a game that they had to win. Um, so big win for them. Purdue, uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They just don't play defense. And mm-hmm. if your offense isn't clicking, that's what's going to happen. If you can't get a stop, then it's going to it's gonna bite you in the ass eventually. So, Yeah, absolutely. So after that, we get to Arkansas-Kentucky, which – Great game. Really, really an awesome game. J.D. Notay has been – not just this game. I mean, he's been unbelievable for a few weeks now. Um, had a 30-point game. I mean, he had, uh, he had a 22-point game earlier this week against Florida. Had a 28-point game against Auburn not too long, uh, not a few weeks back. Had a 23-point game against Georgia. 25 points against Ole Miss. Like, he has been filling it up and obviously had, you know, the game of his career probably yesterday against Kentucky. Um, you know, I know Kentucky wasn't necessarily, quote-unquote, at 100%. Uh, roster-wise, they were. But, they, you know, they had a couple, some guys coming back from injury like Wheeler. Um, but I thought, you know, really they played well enough to win the game. I just thought Arkansas just kind of made some more plays on the stretch, but for you, as someone who loves the betting world, uh, I had, yeah, had the ultimate bad break, mm-hmm. Arkansas, two and a half points, Ty Ty Washington at the three at the end of the game up five. Literally six seconds left inbounds the ball. I'm like, I'm sitting next to my fiance and I'm like, oh no. She's like, what? I'm like, this is bad. I'm like, he's gonna, I'm like, he's gonna make this. Like, it's gonna be a pointless basket. It's gonna kill me. Like, I mean, two steps over half court, let goes of it out of his hand, banks it in. And I just was like, Chick, did you lose? I'm like, I did lose. And I was like, I lost by half a point. She's like, how does that work? I'm like, exactly how it happened. That's exactly how it happened. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you're a UK fan, nothing to hold your head down about. I mean, they got yeah. off to a slow start. Um, Arkansas was the way rocking. they battled back was awesome. Arkansas won 14 of the last 15. Um, yeah. They're really rolling right now. They're probably playing themselves closer to the three or four line, you know, compared to where they were at earlier in the year where they were seven, six, seven, eight seed. Um, but yeah, the, you know, this we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to a little bit later, but the SEC, the big home court advantages, these teams just don't lose at home. So Rob, yeah. Auburn's arena, um, you know, Tennessee where they play um, Bud Walton, you know, these teams just don't lose at home. I think they're like 64 and one at home like this year. So, you know, you go into a hostile environment and you know, you, you're probably going to lose. Look at UK. They beat Tennessee by 30 at Rupp, and then they go to um, yeah, they go to Tennessee and lose by 10-15. But I'm going to continue to double down on Kentucky. Um, I think they're the best team Same. in the country. Like, not even close when they're healthy. And, you know, Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty played yesterday, and that's good to get them some minutes. But I think – I can't wait for the SEC tournament because I think they're really going to solidify themselves, um, you know, as the as a top team in the conference. They probably aren't going to win the regular season just because – they're two games back of Auburn, and Auburn has um, South Carolina and somebody else, Texas A&M, I think, somebody pretty crappy. Um, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, sorry. But, yeah, two games that they probably aren't going to drop, to be honest. But still double down on Kentucky. Um, Kellen Grady goes one of three yesterday. It's probably not ideal. You probably need to find him some more shots. And that's – Cal Perry talked about it in his presser that, you know, it needs to be – he needs to be more aggressive and that he's not going to – not going to fret about – Grady not getting shots. Grady's also the guy that's been playing 38, 39 minutes a game since Wheeler and Washington have been out. So yeah. he was due to have a regression. But um, I think Oscar Shibway is the player of the year. I really, I, I really do. I, I didn't believe it for a while, but I, watching him Saturday, he, I mean, Jalen Williams is a great defender, great player, and Oscar put up video game numbers on him. So um, yeah, UK, nothing to hold your hat or nothing to you know be upset about. Just to loss, tough SEC loss that you. Started off slow. You were down 15 points, took the league right before half, and lost in the second half. It is what Bad it is. gambling break. Yeah, right. If you had UK two and a half, go buy a lottery ticket because good God, you yeah. got lucky there. So that's where I'm at with them. Nothing too much. So Same. Uh, Tennessee-Auburn, obviously, is we're just kind of go through kind of the stretch of it. So um, obviously, Kennedy Chandler with 13 points. Um, how about Josiah Jordan-James? With as a guard with 10 points and nine rebounds, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, but the fact that Tennessee won this game with anyone, uh, anyone that's not Zakai Ziegler on their bench getting just six points, pretty impressive. Also, is Auburn kind of mid away from their home court? Yeah, that definitely. They okay. My, my thing is, a have we have anybody in sports not learned from Juju Smith Schuster? Don't dance on an opposing team's logo yeah. at midfield because Von Bell will rock your shit in Monday Night Football, <laughs> and he's never been the same since. 
that's my Bengals take. Um, but yeah, Auburn, Auburn is yeah truly, truly hate to see that. Auburn is not very good um, on the road. They've struggled. You know, they almost lost at Missouri. Um, who they end up? They almost lost at Georgia. They won on the last second. They layup. lost at Florida. Yeah, like here lately, they've been kind of average away from the. You know, it's their guard play. They have Jabari Smith, who arguably is the number one pick in the draft. Walker Kessler, who's been phenomenal this year, as much as it pains me to say that, but. Their guard play, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, man, these guys have to give the ball to their best player in crunch time, and they are just hoisting up shots from all over and really costing them when the when it matters most. Um, another thing, I think we're underrating how good Tennessee has become. Like, yes, I totally year, agree with that. In the in the Garden, they played Texas Tech, and remember that game was like, I don't know, they had like seventy points combined at the end of the game. It was a really yeah, low pretty brutal game. But offensively, Ziggler's been awesome. Kennedy Chandler's plays great off the ball with him that they both can kind of facilitate and get their own shots. Um, Side Jordan James, Fulkerson's been terrible, like terrible, which whatever. Hunley Hatfield, which is Alex Poitras' ne- uh, cousin, he's been great. Jonas Adu, the freshman that they bring in, they, they're like very, they're versatile. Um, and I think that they're dangerous enough in the tournament because they're a team that can play with how they're scoring right now. They're a team that can play all different styles. And, you know, you're going to run into different matchups in the tournament. You're going to get some teams that are going to want to run and gun. Gonna get some teams that are going to slow it down. I think Tennessee's offense suits everything that way because their defensive has never been a question, right? They've always been able to, you know, stop yeah. and and do what they need to. But I've been impressed with Tennessee um, ever since that UK game. They've really kind of flipped the switch, and it's always nice for UT to beat Bruce Pearl um, at home. Yeah, so I'm sure they're sure never sad about that. Yeah, no. So uh, real quick, TCU beats Texas Tech, plays awesome mm-hmm. in the second half. Great. Uh, Duke obviously destroys Syracuse because Syracuse is mid. <laughs> AJ Griffin. I remember when I texted you earlier in the year and said AJ Griffin's better than Palo. Yeah. Put that on the record. He did. Maybe not um, long term, but right now in college, I think AJ is more important for Duke. And Butler. I mean Baylor, not Butler. Holy shit. God, no. Butler had a rough game against Marquette. Yeah. Actually, they really had it in hand and kind of just gave it away. I got but, see now I will say the gambling gods they giveth and they taketh away because I had Marquette minus eight. Um, and that game, Butler was winning most of the game, and Marquette was up four with like two minutes left and extended it to eight, and it ended. So I'll take a push there, but Arkansas minus two and a half should have been a winner. Butler minus eight, or Marquette minus eight probably should have been a loser. So it all kind of evens out. But Yeah. Uh, Baylor-Kansas was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Baylor getting the W there. Uh, 49 second half points. Offense was rolling. Um, obviously, you know, you get guys like Flo Thamba with 18 points mm-hmm. and nine rebounds. It is a great name. Adam Flagler with 13.6 rebounds. Um, and then Jeremy Sochan, the freshman off the bench, with 17 points, just kind of really taking over the game at stretches. Um, you know, obviously, Agbaji did his thing for Kansas. But, you know, this kind of goes back to – we talked about Kansas a lot earlier in the year, how we really liked them. And I do still like them. And I understand the NCAA tournament, you know, you're going to play seven. You know, that's that's the only way it's going to – you know, you can really succeed. It's playing seven or seven. They got nine bench points, and they played more than seven. Yeah. Um, so kind of shocked how kind of how how you know the deeper Kansas gets into games, it feels like they can quickly fall apart at times. I don't I don't know what happened with Remy Martin. He's been hurt that hasn't really came back. I don't know if it's like a, a mutual agreement of like, hey, we're gonna just ride this out, and it's not the best fit, or what happened, but. Or he's truly not healthy, but I think Kansas's best is as good as anybody in the country. I did too. Um, Abaji and Braun and uh, McCormick, and I mean, they, they have guys at Harris, they have guys that can score at all levels. Um, they're good enough to beat anybody, but they also have games against Kentucky where they get ran out of the gym on their own home floor. They got beat by 25 at Allen Fieldhouse. How much would they have lost at a neutral court? Like right. 40. So I don't know. I think their best is as good as that. And then Baylor's the classic, like they won it all last year. People don't. They're sleeping on them, and they reloaded, and they're still really, really good. Now, they're not as good as they were last year, but unfortunately, there's are good for Baylor. There's not two dominant teams like there were last year. There were two teams last year that were going to win it all, and they played they play in the finals. This year, yeah. there's eight or nine teams that can win it all, and Baylor is included in that. So, yeah, I love Kinjo. I, I love Flagler. I love Cryer. I love Sohan. Like, I, losing um, Tom Wachachua, like, that's a big loss. Also a great game. Yeah, I mean. Baylor just all first team all names, but yeah, for they sure. losing him is going to hurt in the tournament because that depth they don't they don't have that extra big guy to make um, a guy with experience and that depth they need um, to play as alongside Flo Thamba. But still think Baylor's best. I mean, they play in the arguably one of the best conferences in basketball this year, so I think their best is still good enough to get to an Elite Eight Final Four. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't know if they're, I don't, we'll get, you know, closer we get to selection today, um, after conference tournaments, we'll probably have a tier of like who can win it all and who's really good, but they're not in I win it all tier yet, but I think they're, they're right there. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I really am. Colorado, Arizona, Colorado. Holy shit, were they impressive? Shout out the boss. Uh, yeah, Tristan Da Silva with 19 points. Uh, you get a nice 15 and 14 from Jabari Walker. And then obviously you get Evan Bette with 11 of his own. Uh, but on their bench, man, this is kind of Keyshawn Bartholomew, also a great name. Great name. Yeah. 15 points. Uh, you get KJ Simpson with 10 off the bench. Big win for the Buffs. Uh, 47 second half points. That's the, first time, that's the first time Arizona has looked mortal this year. I know. And they lost to um, Tennessee in Tennessee, but that was a close game that few calls went there, went Tennessee's way at the end. But um, yeah, that's the first time Arizona got exposed. Like Kirk Creasa was awesome. Um, Benedict Mathurin, great name. Um, he He's a phenomenal player. He's a lottery pick for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah Christian Coloco, like they're really good, but second half, they got exposed defensively. They were getting back to a cut. They could not keep the ball in front of them. Colorado senior day, um, motions around high in the building, just just great. I mean, Buffs probably aren't going to get in the NCAA tournament. They had a kind of an average year after making the tournament last year as a five seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing to hold your hat on or nothing to, you know, be upset about. Big win for them. Nice nice way to wrap up the year and maybe build some momentum going into the conference tournament. Bad news is they're probably going to have to win it to get in, which means they're probably going to have to play Arizona again. So, yeah. I'm uh, talking about Christian Coloco real quick. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't play his best game yesterday, but... <clears throat> I really, and with help where the Bulls are going to be picking in the first round, I really want Christian Coloco as the backup center to Vooch. Yeah, I think that'd be a great fit. He can learn from him. It's kind of the game. It's not, they're not similar yet, but I think Vooch is a guy that can teach him how to how to play move offense. Yeah, he can teach right. Coloco can teach him how to play defense. He right. can teach he him how to play match offense. Made in heaven. So yeah, I like it. All right, man. That brings us to the main event: St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. St. Mary's. You remember the name Logan Johnson? Correct. Former Cincinnati Bearcat, Logan Johnson, with 10 points and eight rebounds in the biggest dunk of the night. Oh, my gosh. Disgusting. Yeah. Randy Bennett, very good coach. Yes, he is. Very, very good coach. I feel like, you know, I know last year they obviously had the perfect regular season and didn't lose to the championship. Um, But... I've always felt like when it's like when Gonzaga does lose, it's always St. Mary's. It's always like they're the yeah, team. They, they lost like, two years ago, 2020, I think, or 2019, the conference championship. Like, yeah, St. Mary's gets them. Like, I, I mean, you know, you play against this team for Randy Bennett's been coaching forever against Mark Few. Like, they know their styles, and right. Randy Bennett's done a good job of, um, you know, recruiting and developing guys that can play similar systems. And, you know, they're a tournament team before that loss or before it win or lose against Gonzaga. And, you know, that win elevates them even better. They're probably going to be a 6-7 seed, a dangerous team. They slow it down. They they will pick you apart if you work yes. on the defensive end, and it'll be ugly to see. Um, but, yeah, Gonzaga, that's – I mean, for as dominant as they are, it's funny because Gonzaga had two road games this week, right? They played at San Francisco, at St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people looked at San Francisco game as like, oh, man, they can – you know, it was spread was 11. They're like, I think they can – San Francisco can hang around. I think they might be able to win. And San Francisco punched Gonzaga with everything they had in the first half, and Gonzaga was up eight at halftime. And I, was I like, know, not happening. Nope. And then yesterday, I mean, it was it was just a blur. St. Mary's got out big, and then they extended the lead to fifteen right before half. And I was like, holy cow, they actually might do this. In the second half, they just kept like kept their foot on the gas, and you know, ended up winning. Um, Gonzaga had four assists. That's pretty I bad. Know. Pretty bad. So, did you look at the minutes? I didn't. For Gonzaga. I didn't. Nope. So. Drew Timmy plays 34. Chad Holmgren plays 32. Uh, Rashir Bolton plays 38. Andrew Nemhard plays 40. And then uh, Julian Strother plays 32. So Antoine Watson plays 14. Nolan Hickman plays 5. And Hunter Salas plays 5. My thing with Gonzaga is last year. Their right, bench? Like, yeah. Zero points. So the thing with Gonzaga, right? Last year they had Suggs, an elite guard, right? And Nemhard mm-hmm. was also on that team. Um, Nemhard is very good. One of the best guards in the country. Like him a lot. Um, like him at Florida. Yeah. Um, Suggs was so good. Corey Kispert could absolutely was lethal by the arc. Um, and Timmy was awesome in the post, right? This year it's more, I mean, you got Chet and Timmy, two guys that play so well together and they play off each other so well that it's impossible to guard them. But their outside shooting is what's going to hurt them in the tournament. I don't, I still think they're a final four team and probably maybe will win it all. They're that good. Yeah. But 
Bolton has been kind of streaky. Nimhart has never really been known as a like knockdown shooter. He's been fine, but not been like this elite shooter like Kispert was. But they're gonna. Pa- I mean, if you play a team that packs it in inside, now you're gonna have to stop Chet and and Drew. I mean, that's not. It's easier said than done. But if you can make them shoot from the outside, then you're gonna have a chance. But um, there was a segment in the San Francisco game where Chet got a rebound, dribbled it up court, crossed cross over their big man, and absolutely threw down a tomahawk dunk. And it's like, yeah, that's the reason he's gonna be a top three pick. Like. You can say what you want about Gonzaga's schedule. Like, they handle their business, and they whip ass, and they're very good. Like, I think we're past that. Like, they don't play anybody because St. Mary's is good. San Francisco is good. Um, but Gonzaga's just been on a roll, and yesterday they, they met their match. I think it's better for them to lose a game before the tournament. I do, too. If they win the yeah. conference tournament, they're fine. But it's hard to win. If you go into, if you go 18-0 in conference, then win your conference tournament, you're looking at 24, 25 games in a row without losing to win at all. Like, all right, man, this, is, this could be a nice reset for them to get it going. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously I'm okay anytime they lose. I'm not sad about it. Um, so Gonzaga, UK, who are you rooting for? Probably Kentucky. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. My, my disdain for Kentucky is not the program whatsoever, honestly. Yeah. You know, like, I like watching them play. I think they get great players. It's just the whole, like... You know, it's like Ohio State football fans. It's just yeah. brutal. That's I'll, I'll, end, I'll end the episode on that today with my takes on UK fans lately. Just relax. <laughs> yeah. Just relax. That's all I got to say. Just relax. It's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. So as far as the mid-major schools this week starts, we got the major, you know, the P5 conferences. They all had their last week of regular season this week. Um, I'll be, my last game of the season is on Saturday. Nice. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so uh, Tuesday, we, we start some conference tournaments, uh, like I said. So, Horizon, woof, Tuesday, not a day to stay home from work and watch basketball. Yep. Detroit versus Green Bay, Robert Morris, Youngstown State, Milwaukee versus Illinois, Chicago, who's leaving the Horizon, by the way. Correct. And IUPUI, Oakland. Bad. Not a good day. Not a good day. Um, is there any conferences particular that you know? Are you? I, I know you like this week a lot. Um, I'm kind of stoked about the A Sun. Not gonna yeah. lie to you. Florida Gulf Coast, North Alabama. I think Florida Gulf Coast probably win by a lot, but I'm excited for the game. Yeah, um, I. I mean, listen. Is it the best basketball in the world? Like now, towards the end of the week, like Friday, you get Friday is the Missouri Valley, right? Um, that starts Missouri Valley first round. Yeah. Um, or second round. Sorry, some of the Thursday night is like some of the first round, like um. So yeah, you got Indiana here. State, Illinois State, and then uh, Valpo and Evansville. Right, but Friday you get um, some day games. That'll be nice to if you're working from home to have that on. You get um, you know Northern Iowa the one seed. Loyola plays Bradley, which is a great game. Um, Loyola, great game. Loyola has to win out now because they lost at Northern Iowa, um, which was my favorite day, game of the day yesterday. Um, absolute double or overtime thriller. AJ Green from Northern Iowa. He's a kid that he he's so methodical and so fun to watch. Like. Um, if you're a college basketball fan, you should be definitely watching the Missouri Valley this week because this weekend um, you're, you're looking at a potential Final Four of Northern Iowa, Missouri, Loyola, Chicago, and Drake and Missouri State. If it goes chalk, that's going to be a great day of set basketball Saturday. And I love that they end the regular season. Like you got Carolina Duke Saturday, you got some big games Saturday afternoon, but they'll mix in these semifinals and these final games. Um, it's perfect because I think the OVC is this weekend as well. You're yep. Looking at maybe a, a rematch of Belmont, Murray State. Murray State is phenomenal. Like they're phenomenal. so fun. If they're, they're an eight so seed, fun. like they're an eight seed, they're going to beat a one seed. I'm yeah, they're lo- they're this year's Loyola. They Correct. are one thousand percent this year's Loyola. Yep. So I love this week. Um, it's so fun to watch. Um, you know, from a betting standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, you know, you're watching teams play their postseason. Horizon League going to get kicked off. Um, Horizon League does a little bit different. I, I don't know if I love that to be honest. I hate. When oh, I hate it. They, I hate it like so Northern's going to play their first round matchup. Basically, they, they do the final four next week, right? Like Monday and Wednesday yeah. or whatever it is, or Tuesday. But, yeah, it's fun. Best time of the year. Um, you know, last week of the regular season, some teams were trying to solidify themselves off the bubble line. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, March is here. After, after tomorrow, it's, it's finally here. And we're excited to kind of get going. You know, uh, the uh, that to answer your, a long-winded answer of your question, the Missouri Valley – and the OVC are the two I'm looking forward to this week. There are some other ones. Um, they're a little bit lower tier, but I think a potential Murray Belmont, um, and I think the Missouri Valley on Saturday. That whatever matchups we get, 
one of North, Northern Iowa, Loyola, or Bradley, Northern Iowa, Bradley, or Missouri State, Drake. I think a potential final of Northern Iowa, Drake, Loyola, Drake is going to be so fun to watch. So, yeah, I am keeping an eye on the summit. Mm-hmm. I oh want to see, God. I want to see round really? three of South Dakota State, North Dakota State. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's it's nice because South Dakota State won their regular season, right? First time they haven't. They yeah, they went they went perfect in conference. Yeah, so they got a, they got a bid to the NIT, which is good because they're a good they're a really good team. They shoot they they're a good shoot team. The threes are the best three point sh- shooting team in the country. I forget whoever number two is, but they can miss sixty three. North South Dakota State can miss sixty threes in a row and still be leading the three point percentage in the country. Like that is a disaster waiting. Like if if South Dakota State wins the summit, you're looking at. 13 seed South Dakota against four seed Texas. I'm taking South Dakota state like Texas oh, yeah. will not be able to score with them. Now South Dakota state gives up a hundred points a game. The summit league is a classic, like pickup basketball, like no defense is played and all teams score, but I'm with you. Um, South Dakota state should walk to the finals. They have South Dakota, maybe in the second, um, but you're looking at a potential rematch with South Dakota state Oral Roberts in the finals or South Dakota State and North Dakota State, which any of those teams would be great to be in the tournament. I'd love to see South Dakota State, but I'm excited. Mac A. Smith, you know, the darling last year, I went to the Sweet 16. Love to see him get back. So, me too. I think they played but, last weekend and yeah. the game was like 100 to like 98. Like, it was amazing. So, yeah, it was an NBA game. Um, I'd have to mention real quick as we're talking about crazy games from yesterday um, Chicago State upsetting North New Mexico State. What? Chicago State. Now must the program. Seven and twenty-two, but one of those wins is the top team in the conference. And Teddy Allen from New Mexico State, he's a stud. Like, yeah, that, it shows you, man. Like, it, it, it's crazy. Um, good thing it wasn't in the conference tournament because I'd love to see New Mexico State get in. Um, obviously they're not they're not a team that's going to get in without an at like an at large. But yeah, would love to see them get in. So yeah, plus it's you know the WAC conference is pretty pretty brutal. They'll win easy. Yeah. Um, other conference tournaments starting this week. I want to touch on real fast. Um, A-10 starts this week. So Dayton, Day- Dayton Richmond, Dayton, oof, man, that one year, that one year, and then everything otherwise. Uh, Dayton Richmond's going to be fun. Uh, they have same- wins. Dayton has wins over Kansas, Belmont, Miami, but losses to like LaSalle and like three other quad four losses. It's unbelievable, actually. So, yeah, that is, man. Uh, we've got Davidson versus uh, George Mason on Wednesday. Uh, we've got St. Louis, Rhode Island. Does so day basketball starts on Wednesday, correct? Like yes. Okay. Yeah. So St. Louis, Rhode Island. Yeah, I mean St. St. Louis. The Billikens are fun. Davidson's fun. Um, the Bonnies are fun. The A10 is an underrated league. Um, yeah. Definitely, you should have OVC, Summit, MVC, uh, and A10 in your rotation this week. At what point can we start relegating college basketball programs? Like. Like they do in like Premier League soccer because like I'm looking at the A10 bracket right now and I'm like we we need to quit doing this thing where every team makes it. I'm like no yeah. offense, but we don't need to watch Duquesne play postseason basketball. Well, like, think about the Summit. They, they're bottom two. Like North Dakota and um, uh, sorry, North Dakota didn't make it. They won one game in conference this year. North Dakota, North Dakota, no, North Dakota and St. Thomas did not make the conference tournament. Like yeah, if you go one in eighteen, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to get in. Like yeah, Georgetown. Sorry, yeah. you guys, you guys, no. They're terrible. Oh, my God. They're so bad. Yep. And they'll probably beat Xavier on Saturday. But, <laughs> yeah, they lost to UConn today. And they're 6-22. and 22. They are 0-15 in conference. Are they going to ask him to step down, step down? He got an extension, like, what, last two weeks ago? I think there's a end of the year coming where the AD's like, hey, you're going to announce that you're stepping down. And that's best for everybody here. Yeah, because, I mean, he is, you know, he's Georgetown. He is yeah. Georgetown. Mm-hmm. It's like Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen was terrible at St. John's. Like, literally really bad. Um, yeah. Xavier's got to go to St. John's on Tuesday. They lost today at DePaul. Yeah, they're playing at Carnesecca. Yeah. So, I don't like that. No. Xavier's in a rut right now. Carnesecca sucks to play at. Yeah. It is like, it looks like a high school gym. Mm-hmm. Like literally, they have the classic like high school basketball scoreboard on the walls. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Yeah, not fun. And then, yeah, Cincinnati's got they're going to Houston on Tuesday at nine. Houston, and then Sunday at SMU. Yeah, gross, gross end of the year for a team that's plummeting. Yeah, man. How about uh, Memphis today? 
How about when? that? Yeah. yeah. We uh every time we like start to like them, they do something stupid. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, yep. we're done with them, and they pull off a nice win. Yep. They're the most confusing team in the league, and I hope they get in the tournament because it'll be so fun to watch either them get beat by a hundred or win. <laughs> so, or go to the elite eight right amazing so that's where i'm at i'm excited man um it's hard to get it's it, i don't want to wish you know some games away but i really want to be it next week already not this week um because com- big conference tournament the power fives are so fun um the matchups are great the just the games are fun the garden you know acc's in brooklyn secs in tampa like it, it's so fun like it, it's just which is weird the secs in tampa but it is so that is weird it's usually in nashville easy sell it should yeah. be a national every year. Yeah, that's how I feel like. I always feel like the NCAA uh, Final Four should always be in Indianapolis. I yeah. just feel like it's like, we do it for baseball. It's always in Omaha. So, like, mm-hmm. you just fucking do it. Like, right. everyone sell. loves it. Yeah. NCAA headquarters are at. Easy, like, really easy. Now, the cities that are losing millions and millions of dollars, they'll probably be upset. But, eh, sure. that's not our problem. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, cool, cool, man. This is awesome. Thanks for jumping on doing this with me. I know it's yeah. kind of a weird, it's a weirder episode. Hey, before we get out of here, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so I posted this in the Twitter account earlier uh, for you card collectors out there. We're kind of making a little bit of a transition here at the network. So we've got our first NBA box break coming up this week. So Sweet. go to eBay TD collectibles two, and you can check it out and bid on the teams you want to in the breaks. It's going to be a cheaper bid. I mean, cheaper, cheaper break. So pretty good chance to get some good cards there a lot of fun i'm excited to do that shout out to the sports card exchange sc exchange 41091 for some help some love on that as well um and yeah we've all you know are we gonna do one later in the week or are we just um gonna... i think i think what we'll do is it was today's sunday so we we're previewing this we can we can hit early next monday because that's like horizon semis and stuff like that we can do maybe a monday pod that, or sunday pod or something to get you kind of ready for the power five um tournaments that'll be after some of these smaller ones have wrapped up um wrapping up the end of the year who's on the bubble who needs to win who needs to do etc just kind of get you set up the primer for uh co- or conference tournament week and then after that it'll be our selection sunday show and then tournament recaps but yeah like tim said housekeeping follow our twitter account Daily gambling, myself, some others, um, some others doing throwing their picks in and out. Um, you can either fade us or you can bet with me. I don't. I wouldn't suggest betting with me. I've been ice cold lately. Had a few winners last couple of days, but hey, we're picking and choosing. We're getting hot for March, Tim. That's what we're. That's what we're saving up yeah. for. But yeah. other than that, man, um, excited to get conference tournament week going. Best time of the year. Um, yeah, nothing. Can't wait for the brackets to come out and we spend all day Monday filling out a bracket that has no chance of being remotely right. So, yep. Gonna be perfect. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Be sure to give us this nice solid five star reviews. Thanks for tuning into this extra lengthy episode. Have a good one. See ya.